0: The Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to Wine Women Radio, where we discuss what we're drinking and what's happening in the wine
1: industry. Pour yourself a glass and enjoy the show. All right. Well, I'm starting because uh, uh, we're doing a we're doing a casual start here with Wine Women Radio. Uh, welcome, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Marcia May-Cumber. uh one of your hosts. I got uh, Patty Newman here. Hello, Patty. How are you? Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Uh, Patty, Patty is uh, here. Can you hear okay, Patty? We're doing a little level adjustment here. Uh, Patty is a digital marketing maven expert uh, also and uh, uh, helping out here. And we have Linda Paulson here from Success Strategies, Inc. Linda, thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for asking.
1: It's terrific. And we're actually here in Rebel Vintners downtown Napa. Uh, if you haven't been here, it's the corner of First Street and Coombs. Uh, there's a lot of street parking. There's a lot of parking lots like really practically right next door. you get this uh, beautiful view across the street of h- some historical stuff going on. I won't describe it. We're right next to the Archer Hotel. Um, so it's within walking distance, uh, practically spitting distance, if you speak spitting and wine. Uh, <laughs> there's always a little bit of spitting and wine, right, ladies? Yeah, we got a little spit bucket going on here. And Rebel Vintners. Has been here now for two years, year and a half, 18 months, something like that. We're here with Jason Holman. Jason, thank you for hosting us here.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for being here.
1: It's been fantastic to be here. And and, um, as somebody who lived in Napa for many, many years and have seen um, downtown transform, really transform over the years, Uh, you've done wonders with the space. I love the trestle tables You've also got a little kind of comfy nook over there with some very deep plush leather armchairs so you could kick back there with a book. You've even got a a spot here for the kids. So the whole family could be here. You've got board games and kind of toys for kids to play with. So if, you know, if you've got uh, young children in tow and you need to keep them entertained... This is a great place to do it.
0: <laughs> uh, sure was, it was,
1: that, that was obviously part of the goal. You would not put kids' toys and games here in the tasting room if that hadn't been part of your objective. What was the thinking on all of this?
2: Yeah, so um, I mean, I have three kids, and one of my partners has another couple of kids, and so and, and honestly, in our winemaking and and you know making wine, going out to vineyards. Uh, kids are with us all the time, and so we really wanted to make this uh, family friendly, um, wanted it to be um, as approachable for, for everybody. Um, a, a lot of people say, oh, don't bring families to Napa, don't, don't bring your kids to Napa, whatever, and it's, no, 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 come on, bring your kids. There should be stuff for them to do. They should experience too. wine. Uh, absolutely. Oh, we are currently okay. dog friendly. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Linda's dog's name is Cabernet.
2: Nice. <laughs> I did not name her.
0: She came to me with that name, but that's very fortuitous. And I was with wineries, yes. Love her name. We call her Cabby. Oh, nice.
1: <laughs> so uh, just a really cool space and um, to kind of help paint the picture Um, For our listeners out there, there's a wonderful tasting bar that wraps around the corner um, that you can sit at if that's your uh, preferred uh, seating is to be right up against the bar so that you can uh, talk with whoever's behind the bar. And again, being rebels and a unique thing this isn't gonna just be some hired hand. It's usually gonna be a winemaker behind the bar. Is that right?
2: That's right. Yeah, we are. We are here all the time. Um, one of us, winemaker owners, the the, the main partners, the only guys <laughs> making the decisions. We are here all the time, and and um, uh, we will be pouring the wine for you in the glass. So it's. Really fun experience. People get to meet us. We get to meet, you know, people who are enjoying our wines or, shoot, even people who say, ah, this isn't for me. That's great. Let's talk about it. You know, we're full of information and knowledge. you have a lot of
1: wines to choose from here. You you yourself, this uncharted, your flagship brand under Rebel Vintners, but really under Holman Cellars, uh, you make a dozen different wines. So there's plenty of...
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think pouring on a daily basis, we have over 36 wines being poured here wow. at, at Rebels. So we have quite a few offered. Um, you know, we try to limit our daily tastings, um, and I say daily because they rotate every mm-hmm. day um, with all these wines. So uh, we pour six wines in a flight. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really fun, approachable way to. Um, um, see the unique styles of uh, varietal as well as the winemaking style. And, um, and it's going to be stuff different from my neighbors, um, you know, around Napa. It's not going to be all Cabernet-based. It's right. not going to be all Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc, you know. <laughs> We're going to pour weird, <laughs> fun, eclectic varietals like, you know, Bacchus and, yes. and Chenin Blanc and Verdello and Verdejo,
1: Yum. <coughs> all thing, all things I love. Um, and listeners, uh, if you haven't listened to part one um, of our uh, discussion with uh, Jason, we'll be sure to provide a link uh, on the webpage for the podcast about that. So I
0: want to know where I can find your wine. So here. <laughs> here.
2: Here.
1: Well, here. Well,
0: what, what if my friends live in Chicago? And I say, oh, you've got to find this wine. Is we, there a way they can find it?
2: Uh, join the club. We can ship it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're so small. So... All three of the brands here are um, uh, under 1,000 cases, or mine's a little bit bigger, about 1,400 cases, mm-hmm. but we're um, very small. distribute. Yeah, very boutique, mm-hmm. even Nano Winery, if you want. Like People don't even want <laughs> to talk to Nano,
0: Nano Winery, I like that.
2: Yeah, or Garage yeast. yeah, for sure. So um, uh, uh, distributors often don't even want to talk to us because we are so small. Um, so we, instead of, um, trying to make all these wines to fit a just distribution model, we're making fun, creative wines in very small batch and only selling them here in the tasting room and a few wine shops and restaurants around, uh, Napa and the Bay area.
0: You will be in some of the local restaurants. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. We're in kitchen door. Mm-hmm. We're, um, we're at a really cool Italian restaurant in Berkeley. Um, nice. Yeah. Do so
0: you aspire to get any bigger? Or you wanna stay just like this?
2: You know, I I like being as small as we are because um you know, it works. Yeah, and and the varietals and the wines are on the geekier side. Um, <laughs> that yeah. if you put me in a grocery store, where would you put my Pinot Gris? Where would you Over put here
0: in the special out of the box section? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that? I like that. <laughs> the grocery
1: The grocery store itself marked out of the box. Cool stuff. Jason,
3: different experimental. You're a, you're an accomplished chef. Can uh, do you do you pair your wines with? Uh, with some meals that you make and can you suggest maybe something for the ones you're poured today
2: uh yeah yeah, i i um i'm not sure i'm an accomplished chef i just like to play around cooking
1: (laughs) if everybody (coughs) eats it you're a good chef (laughs) there you go
0: i would come to dinner i've I've heard heard, (laughs) but
2: my my kids mac and cheese is to die for (laughs) well
1: we're right now we're drinking your 2016 chenon blanc uncharted it's skin fermented and we'll talk a little bit more about that but Chenin blanc a very easy mac and cheese pairing right there
0: <laughs> yeah it would be this is a yeah. big Chenin blanc
2: it is it's it is. so this um, um, so if we kind of rewind a little bit back to the last wine we tried from last session mm-hmm. um, we were we were drinking the or tasting the uh, uh, skin fermented pinot gris mm-hmm. and talking about how bright vibrant orange red rosé color it is um, the 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 color the fermentation style is the exact same as the Chenin Blanc here, but it shows you that that skin pigment of the Pinot Gris really darkens the wine into kind of a, a, a rose color. Uh, Chenin Blanc doesn't have a pink tinge to it at all. Right, the so skin's
1: th- not that color.
2: Yeah, so the um, so I skin ferment this actually for ninety days, so sixty days beyond what I ferment the um, Pinot Gris for. Uh-huh. And you get a very deep, dark, golden.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah it's a beautiful Chenin color. Blancs are kind of white.
2: Yeah, right. Clear. Chenin Blancs are very on the clear side. Um, it takes the uh, um, oak to kind of color it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been on the skins for 90 days, pressed off, um, and then fermented in or aged in neutral barrel <clears throat> for two years before bottle. And uh, so it's very smooth. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's big. It um is. because of all of its age time on the skins as well as on the uh I- in the in the barrel and it's a really fun very food friendly wine that getting back to your comment patty this is you know for thanksgiving i brought up a couple cases of this oh, to yeah. share with my family up in nice. seattle and holy smokes this was the wine for thanksgiving soup to nuts for thanksgiving it
0: goes so good with fantastic sauce. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yes.
1: <laughs> but I was also thinking, um, mm. you, know, uh, linguine, um, you know, a linguine, you know, a chicken in a, in a white sauce uh, yeah. type of thing. But it's got enough body to it uh, to marry it with um, seafood, um, salmon, yeah. um, quite well,
0: My I think. My husband makes a fabulous fish, too i got to get him some of this. Oh, there you Sorry. go. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have to give him some of this. It <laughs> <laughs> with mm. I love That's this That's just a, it's oh, great. Abso- I'm so happy. That's absolutely <laughs> delicious.
3: people are scared to taste a lot. Natural wine, and what is natural wine, and why does it taste a little different? And when you learn, I've learned just through tasting um, and learning through Holman and Uncharted that you can really appreciate the grape, the, what it really is, Indeed. not all the additions i mean some mm-hmm. wines add a ton of sugar I, uh, right it could be three tablespoons in a bottle yeah uh,
1: which is a huge amount and
3: he doesn't add anything if right. you go to his um, facebook from time to time i see postings of what's natural wine and what makes it and it's been a really interesting education do you w- can you explain orange wine and do you do you have any i know you mentioned you're a geek. I know you're a bit yeah. of a kind of orange orangey. Wine, so, wine geek.
2: So, both of these, uh, both this Chenin Blanc and the wine from last session, the Pinot Gris, are both considered orange wine. And what is orange wine? Well, orange wine, um, actually, I'll tell you a story first before I tell you what it is. Um, I submitted my Pinot Gris label to the TTB, the mm-hmm. Tobacco Trade Bureau. Uh, which is the federal agency that is in charge of all of the uh, wine labels. Yeah, don't uh, be
1: the tobacco part has nothing to do with no. wine, but it is the same government bureau that oversees uh, our, our regulations for the wine industry.
2: And so I'm submitting the uh, submitting this label to them, and I called it a Rose. And they bounced it back to me and said, why are you doing that? It's Pinot Gris. <laughs> what did you add to it? Did you add red <laughs> grapes? You can't call it a Pinot Gris. And I said, no, 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 it's all Pinot Gris, but I tell you it's a rosé. And they said, well, n- you can't call it that. <laughs> okay, well, tell me what you I can call it. stumped them. Yeah, tell me what I can call it. And they said, well, you can call it a skin, because fer- I told them how I made it, skin ferment, for 30 days color soaked in from the from the pigment in the skins and you know came up with a very pink mm-hmm. wine and i said okay well um if that's the case it's 100 percent pinot gris you can call it uh, a skin fermented white wine or there's a new term out there called orange wine you can call it an orange wine and, and um, actually
1: orange wines have been around for centuries but they have not been made in the u.s much at all
2: yeah so an orange wine is literally that. It's just a skin fermented white wine. It doesn't. It, the color does not need to meet an orange <laughs> no. color or standard. <laughs> uh, as you can see from the Pinot Gris, it's very. It's a pink. style of
1: winemaking. Yeah,
2: it's that skin fermenting white grapes.
3: So I don't notice they, afraid of they it. make it in like uh, countries in the Ukraine or Romania or.
2: Yeah, Georgia, Hungary, um, all. all all over kind Eastern of... European Eastern European countries? Yeah. yeah, Eastern Europe. A lot of them do it in uh, clay amphorae. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And some of those are underground and some of them are above ground. And and uh, sure. clay and concrete tanks are now kind of, in the past few years, have started to come around to be a really hip thing to do in the Napa. Eggs. Yeah, the eggs. Um, sure. I, I used to work uh, at a winery up on Pritchard Hill, and all of their tanks are built into their... The foundation. There's mm-hmm. big square tanks, cool. all concrete. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, and it, it really does add a lot of flavor and texture to the wine. White, red, doesn't matter. It, it adds flavor and body. And, and you actually, um, it saps out a lot of the heat mm-hmm. from the fermentation. So a lot of people are worried about um, uh, how hot their fermentations get. But when you have such a big, thick thermal mass as uh, concrete in a cellar, it's going to sap out a lot of that energy and keep your ferment going nice and cool. Wow. So Cool. <laughs> All right. Do you have well. any
0: fuss with the traditional winemakers with their cabs and their chardonnays and, and you're the experimental out of the woodwork? Do you have any uh, clashes? Oh,
2: absolutely. I, I have um, I have every other week a tasting um, group that um, a friend of mine and I put on, and he is very much a classic... Winemaker, add the oak, high sugar, add the acid. Mm-hmm. We'll get it there. If it needs color, let's dump in some color additive. Oh. and I'm very much on the minimal. I'm I'm the you're like it all has side. to come
1: from it all has to come from what was in the vineyard. That's right. Well, and, good for and you. We
2: battle we battle every Ooh, week. <laughs>
1: the ongoing the ongoing thing. In well, fr-
0: in front of people. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> all right,
2: Linda. I have to
1: keep you in front of the the mic. Okay. And that. Sorry. <laughs> I don't I don't mean to discipline I'm you. So I just want to make sure our listeners can actually hear your your fun comments and questions cuz they're really good ones here. Thank you. I wanted to ask Patty while Jason uh works on pouring the next wine for us. You've been here several times here to Rebel Vintners uh and, you know, been here when, you know, we're here outside of crowd hours. Um, but it gets kind of it gets kind of busy and lively, which is fun. Everybody likes a, a highly energetic room. What What do you want to tell um, listeners about Rebel Vintner's tasting room here in downtown Napa?
3: Well, I'm I'm fairly new to the area, about a little over a year, and this is one of the first places I stepped in. You probably don't magic. know that. Okay, <laughs> I, was, I was a little intimidated, but it was. Uh, extremely welcoming place Um, and it it is continues to be every time I come in they have a a Pac-Man table I think and games and the games with uh, books to read and and the fact that always that the winemakers are here is always um, there's not a place like it Um, it's not a taste similar tasting room around Uh, it's completely hands-on and I think they're the only employees uh, well, if they're they're p- all partners, <laughs> um, and you have a lot of choices. partners in the tasting room. Um, right. They don't close. Um, I also noticed one of my first times here, someone brought a crock pot of food in, <laughs> and oh, I I, fun. S- I said, Jason, is is that normal? And he's like, Yeah, um, and uh, it's for anybody who wants, and uh, it's just a real family kind of place. Uh, his kids are here a lot, um, uh, non-shedding for the most part. Little dogs are here, <laughs> uh, and, um, and it's really neat when people come in to experience it, because it's not the same as any other, and there, are, you know, there's some lovely ones down the street from here, Vermeil, Alpha Omega, we're down the street from Oxbow here, but... Uh, and across
1: from the Archer
3: across from the archer Hotel. just about just about Tons right. of yeah. fabulous yeah. restaurants yeah oh. th- so and they're openly you know most wineries uh, tasting rooms close at 430 to f- right. to six o'clock and
1: you have a lot you have a lot of um, beautiful artwork on the walls um, from a local artist um, th- and amazingly a lot of the colors reflect uh, colors of wine and growing seasons I would say you know because people go oh wine well that's purple. Um, we do have we do have some purple over here, actually reflected in a, a purple rain, um, prince um, painting. But uh, there's many others of a uh, uh, wide variety that are shades just of the rainbow. Beautiful. Shades of the rainbow. It's quite beautiful. And uh, I'm, I'm noticing this one painting over here of uh, a rack of four barrels. Um, I think which which was something that you said you started with a rack of four barrels with Holman Cellars.
2: Yeah, so we have a lot of uh, paintings here which are done by our good friend and and local talent, Jermaine Burse, uh, who who lives here in Napa, and he loves to do um, kind of artist uh, Mm -hmm. portraits. Uh, but then we have three other um, unusual or different paintings and uh, it's actually the story of how I got into how <laughs> Uncharted started. Okay. Um, uh, the one up here on the, on the um, wall here right. is my first job in the industry. I'm, I'm driving the tractor <laughs> down the row. Um, there he, the artist, Ben Nelson, up in Seattle, um, uh, we went to uh, school with uh, him and his partner and he doesn't do portraits he does landscapes he does cityscapes Mm -hmm. and so it was a big push for him to do a uh, a vineyard scape especially with bodies in the in the picture as well so um, it started there um, very cool and then it goes to the uh, aging process of the wine in barrel and that's actually back in 2010 when i got my first commercial space to make my Mm -hmm. wine in Um, those were all the barrels I had. That was my whole inventory. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And then, uh.
1: Many winemakers get their start that way with just a few barrels.
2: Yeah. And then there's, uh, one more down the hall on your way to the restrooms, uh, which have chalkboard walls in the restrooms. If you haven't been (laughs) in yet, make sure you go sign your name. It's really fun. (laughs) But, uh, the the last painting back there is kind of the, uh, winemaker's touch and, um, uh, it's a picture of a big gauge from a, um, a filter, and and you know we're we're passing things through the uh, through the filter to polish them up, and <clears throat> it's a really fun kind of series of paintings.
1: Huh. Well, fun stuff. Well, thank you so much for having us here. Oh, it's been a uh, I want to give a little uh, shout out because we're doing our little uh, cheers now. We, we have uh, moved on to Jason's uncharted. 2018 Lodi Carrion and this is beautiful it's got a beautiful nose Carrion to me I always feel like it's it's to me it smells like history I don't know why I associate Carrion that way maybe it's just it's such a layered um, variety overall Um, it's often used as a, a blending a red blending grape uh, Linda's taking notes here. Uh, red Blending Grape, but this is a standalone, Carrie uh, the 2016. Talk about the wine, Jason, please.
2: Yeah, so this is, um, for the history buffs out there, Carignan was one of the first red grapes planted in California. Um, and that kind of came over with the establishing of the uh, missions mm-hmm. um, back in the day. And then, um, so it's been around for a while. Um, this vineyard in particular, the Mule Plain Vineyard out in Lodi, these vines are <coughs> were planted in the 1920s. Oh, wow. So as we just turned into 2020 here, we're coming up on its 100-year anniversary. Sure. Or cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so while it wasn't planted by the missionaries at the time, um, the family that owns it today was the family that owned it. Uh, when they got their deed signed by Ulysses S. Grant back cool. in the 1850s.
1: Now that's, a, that's a piece of history.
2: Yeah, it really is. And they have kept, it's been a family tradition, it started as a necessity, turned into a tradition, that every year there's a new journal, and it's of the growing season, and what their volumes were, what their quantities were, what the... Uh, quality was, um, what big, you know, were there big fires, big floods, big earthquakes, you know, uh, flipping back through some of those, they document Loma Prieta, they document a bunch of these different, uh, um, different monument- monumental uh, times in uh, the life of this property, and it's really, really interesting.
1: So these are true old vines.
2: They are, yeah. So um, hundred years. Yeah, I believe. Right. I believe they're ninety-seven years this, uh, right. old this year. They must and be
0: pretty snarled and garled. <laughs> Gnarly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they. They are. Yes. It's. Incredible. Are they head trained? They are head trained. Okay. Yeah. No trellising, hmm. um, and. Uh, uh, the, so it gets its name Mule Plain because the great-grandfather who put the vineyard in mm-hmm. literally did pull a plow behind a mule to trench the where they were going to put these vines in. Wow. And as a nod to that um, uh, kind That of history, would
1: be natural h- fertilizer as well. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. A real poop.
2: <laughs> so as, as a nod to the history of, um, you know, the family and the history of the vineyard, I wanted to make this wine in a non-mechanical inter- intervention style. Mm-hmm. So I didn't horse and buggy the fruit back to Napa, but I did load it on my truck. Bring it okay. back here. There's a bit of mechanics. Yeah, right. That's right. okay. <laughs> That's just transportation. So I get it to the cellar, and instead of passing it through, um, you know, spinning it in the forklift to dump onto a sorting table, to a conveyor belt, to a destemmer. Um, which removes the stems. Right. Uh, which just, is a lot of steps
1: right there. Yeah.
2: We just did hundred uh, percent whole cluster in okay. the fermenters. So we literally picked up each cluster hand by hand, right. uh, cluster by cluster and put it gently into the fermenters. Okay. And so the wood texture that you'll taste in this wine is not from the barrel. It's from the stems. It's from the stems. Oh, so
1: let for anybody who may not be completely familiar with a whole cu- cluster fermentation and a crush, it isn't the crush is the natural weight of the stems. You know the whole the whole clusters on top of one another. Uh, to a certain degree. To a certain Thank degree. Thank you for yes.
0: asking that because I was wondering. Well, yeah. Linda, yeah,
1: you uh, go ahead and try, <laughs> ch- <laughs> chime in. Don't, don't let me stop you, really. So,
2: so yes, uh, by putting those clusters in super gently, you and and even though you have multiple tons in a fermenter, you don't have any juice being produced, and we need that sugary juice for the native yeast to take hold, build their culture, and ferment the wine. Uh, ferment the, the sugar into wine. And so by being that gentle w- of a process, um, it needed a little bit of help. So <laughs> I sanitized my three little cellar workers. Yes. And, uh, known as
1: known as your family. Yeah. <laughs> your children.
2: And I threw them in the bin and I said, okay, march around guys. And they must have loved it. Oh, it is probably their favorite time of year is when they get to march. on. The
1: so program. listeners, Picture Lucille Ball mm-hmm. stomping around the fat <laughs> uh, in her bare feet, clean bare feet. Put that on and the real. kids, and the kids probably had more fun than Lucy did. Uh, but I bet you their facial expressions were just as precious. <laughs> getting to
0: do that. How long did it take to get the purple off their feet?
2: Oh yeah, it took a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but as, as we call that here in Napa, mm-hmm. that's the winemaker tan. Yeah <laughs> when you have purple hands, purple digits.
3: <laughs> what what Jason, why is it that it seems you love a grape from some foreign countries, some old school, some French grapes, some yeah. German.
2: French, German, Spanish. Yeah, I I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy working with grapes that aren't typically grown here in Napa.
1: This is this is your this is your raison d'etre, is not to do the same as what everybody else is doing around here in Napa.
2: That's right. And, you know, to the, you know, I started the brand in 2008. So, you know, and I got a lot of questions. How are you going to be different from the rest of the big box wineries in Napa? And I said, you know, that's a great question. I'm going to do things differently and I'm going to use different grapes. And um, so I traveled around the world um, a lot working for other wineries, working in different wine regions, visiting lots of these wine regions. I've been to, uh, obviously, here in Napa uh, in the U.S., a lot of the U.S. Wine, uh, wine regions, and then also France, Germany, Spain, Italy, and South Africa. And each place I go, I'm, um, you know, identifying and, and looking at the different terroir, the, the actual you know, native area, let's say, from where these varietals have been grown. And then when I come back to California, I look for what's the similar terroir to Rioja, Mm -hmm. let's say, or Priorat, where Carnion is grown. Mm -hmm. If you don't know the Priorat region, it's a very cool, very small region outside of Barcelona towards the coast, uh, Mediterranean coast.
1: Produces some of the best reds in the world.
2: Yes, and extremely hot. And all the vines are head trained. They get very little assistance. Yeah. They get zero irrigation and dry um, farmed. Yep, dry farmed and
1: often and often very old, again, a century or or so in yeah. age.
2: Yeah, so trying to find similar areas and vineyards to um mm-hmm. uh, this uh, these different growing regions is kind of my forte mm-hmm. if you will
0: there you go so when people come here and walk down the street and see and experience you <coughs> i bet it's a real unexpected turn
3: of events for them because mm-hmm. they expect napa valley i know and right. sometimes there's live music here yeah. <laughs> i know yeah that's, crazy. that's a real <laughs> bonus <laughs> it's so there so much fun
1: well, like we said before, there's, you know, there's a, there's a great little nook over there with deep, plush leather armchairs right. that you can climb in with your glass of wine. And I would have. certainly do that with this, carry on to do that. But you can also enjoy it with the trestle tables or at the tasting bar. So there's so many different ways you can enjoy here um, all of your wines as well as your Rebel Vintners partners. Um, I wanted to ask uh, Linda and Patty specifically uh, on the Carian, Um, What are you getting in the flavor profile, or if you'd rather say, like, what, what food-wise, what would you go with I think, this? Uh, I
3: th- I th- it's a big red you know it's it's a winter wine it's a I, that
1: w- carry on is totally a winter wine to me i'm so glad you said that Patty. turn
3: a fire on I, or light oh, one yeah. or light one for those that are old school and uh maybe um, a meaty bolognese a good bolognese yeah uh, a filet mm-hmm. um, stews stews love lots, it. Of,
1: lots of red meat stews or game stews venison Duck. Right. Totally with this duck. Oh, great, truffle. great idea there. It's truffle season. <gasps> Something yes, truffle. With truffles. Great, <laughs> great <laughs> ideas. So I, I get a lot of big red fruit, but but what I get is, I don't get sweet red fruit. I get, I get plum, I get cranberry, I get a lot cassis. of pomegranate to this. Oh, cassis. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? What Did else? I
0: surprise
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. I like being, I like being surprised with profile like that A little bit yeah. of a little bit of character. dark
0: chocolate yeah with this i
2: i really key in on the on the wood texture because of the stems i, I think i'm That's really right. turned into it that there's
1: a woody
0: yeah
2: there's a cedar note to it, it there's smells a, woody. Uh,
0: definitely yeah so
1: that makes me ask uh what is your your barrel protocol what's your barrel program like for this, just for the carry-on. I'm not going to ask them about yeah, everything else.
2: such a good question. So uh, I use neutral punchins mm-hmm. uh, for this. Because there's so much wood texture already from the stems, so already in the wine, I didn't want to inundate it with more wood or confuse it with other wood. So I put it into these huge 500-liter, which is bigger than two barrels combined, puncheons. And these
1: things stand up, like, uh, as tall as a person, practically, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly.
2: And mm-hmm. so I put them into these, I uh, put the wine into these punchins, and they <laughs> they age in there beautifully. It's There's so much wine-to-surface uh, area ratio. There's more wine than surface area, mm-hmm. so it... Um, um, it doesn't impart a whole lot of oak right. into the into the wine itself. Inf- and they're, they are neutral. Right, so. And,
1: but so for anybody who may be going, well, what the hell is a neutral bar- barrel? Pardon my French. Can you talk about what makes a neutral barrel?
2: Yeah, so a neutral barrel is essentially a barrel that's been filled uh, three times already, or for three vintages. So uh, you're brand new, uh, fresh off the... Um, um, barrel line, barrel-building line. You have uh, a lot of kind of virgin oak there, fresh toast. Um, And so you put wine in there that first time, and you're going to get a very uh, uh, oak-infused wine. Mm -hmm. And then from that, your second fill, um, so you leave your wine in there for, let's say, a year or two years. You pull it out. You put another wine in there. Um, That second fill... Is not going to be nearly as oak forward as it was the year before, and your third year is going to be even less so. And so I try to buy uh, barrels that are um, at least three years old. Um, and the, the challenge with that is is you need to be v- you have to identify which ones are white barrels and which ones are red barrels I was because wondering about that <laughs> it one. is often to be filling a white a red barrel with white wine, and all of a sudden you end up with a pink product. Of course,
0: you like to experiment. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) See where that goes.
2: I think the TTB on that Pinot Gris was waiting for me Uh. to say, I'm sorry, I put it in a red barrel.
3: (laughs) You you make wines for other people?
2: I do, yeah. I have. um, So Uncharted is my main focus um, at Holman Cellars, which is my kind of brick-and-mortar winery here in Napa. It's just... It's nothing super sexy it's just a few roll-up doors and a bunch of barrel storage and tanks um but so uncharted is my focus uh for my brand but i mm-hmm. also with all of this equipment and space um, i also enjoy making wine for other people as well other clients mm-hmm. and so people can come to me with a concept with an idea in their head but they don't have the facility to do it and um and I bring them in and make the wine for them, or if they want to be hands-on in the process, it's, it's
0: a So very you offer oh, custom crush so services cool. as yes. well? Yes, yeah. Very cool. That mm-hmm. is so cool. You <laughs> know, the
1: actual winemaking location, the production area of the crush and fermentation in winery, it's never a super sexy area except for your olfactory senses. I don't know anybody... Um, who's been who's been around the production area uh, while wine is fermenting and being made? Uh, that alone is intoxicating to most of us. I
3: drink the Kool Aid.
0: I love the whole thing. Right, right, the whole thing. <laughs> so um, don't drink too much of it though. Do you, well, I don't
1: typically drink the, That's <laughs> <the> right. Kool Aid. <laughs> um, but it's it's very cool to hear um, how you've been doing this, and I have to ask. S- the carry-on goes into punchins. Um, there are not a lot of punchins here in Napa Valley. No. Uh, uh, so I imagine I'm just guessing. There's a story behind the punchins.
2: Um. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> we can skip it
1: if it's not really a story <laughs> to tell. Because I know we still have some more wines to try here. So, um. But I, I think it's very cool that you went down that route. So.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I you know, visiting around Germany and and the Rhone and Burgundy and things and seeing. These tanks, or these barrels that people can actually climb into, really fascinated me. And then to drive up and down the valley and see at the old CIA, like they have that huge barrel room that's full of these oh. redwood barrels. Yes. And you start doing some research and trying to figure out why did they pick redwood? Oh, well, because it grew f- here. Yeah. <laughs> all the redwoods mm-hmm. all around here, and yeah. plus on top of that, a lot of the water towers were being converted at the time as we went to public water um tip the old water tank down or take it apart piece by piece and now it's a great fermentation that's right so
1: a lot of the original um water barrels in Napa and Sonoma Valleys um were made from redwood um they still are and a matter of fact I think um the it could be the last one in Sonoma Valley actually burned in the most recent fires yeah. that we had oh, and they so had to replace so it. It wasn't burned down completely but all the tops of it were burned so um, mm-hmm. it could be that we are no longer in the redwood tank water business for um, local public water in Sonoma at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Sonoma Valley specifically. So yep. Oh so Jason's got another one of his fantastic uncharted Wines for us, and just make oh. sure we get this out there. Folks, you can go to uh if you're not actually here in uh, visiting in Napa to try this out. Um, if you were here in Napa Valley, you're staying at the Archer. Uh, it's a few hops, literally, from the Archer Hotel. We're here at First and Coombs at Rebel Vintners, uh, which is Jason Holman's a tasting room here with his other rebel vintner's partners, <laughs> uh, and uh, we are now moving on to the Calaveras Tempranillo from 2016. Another great—I um, want to say Spanish variety—but Tempranillo looks like it's a an Italian varietal by name. Um, you want to correct me,
2: Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your your initial idea was correct. It is uh, Spanish. It's typically grown in the Rioja region of Spain, which is kind of uh, northern part of Spain, um, kind of middle of the country up yeah. there in the north. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry, to, had to interrupt my <laughs> yum. Keep going.
2: <laughs> so through all my adventures traveling around, I really I, I've I've made tempranillo from. Uh, amador county from napa county before for other clients um, uh, while i was kind of learning what i was doing Mm -hmm. and then um, and i was super intrigued with what i saw up in amador and up in the foothills i Uh thought it had so much more depth of character than it did in flatland and um, so when i went out to spain Um, And really, uh, I was focusing, to be completely honest, I was focusing on Carignan and Grenache Blanc. Mm -hmm. And um, those, I think, those perfect specimens um, come from the Priorat and Monsant regions of uh, Spain. But I was in Spain. What else am I going to go see? Because I'm super into Tempranillo. I drove all the way up to Rioja and said, okay, let's play around. Let's see how this is grown. What's the soil type? um, How do they make the wine? (coughs) And... um, Little-known fact, uh, Spanish um, wineries who make Tempranillo um, are one of the biggest consumers of American oak barrels in the world. Yeah. Who'd have thunk? Who knew? Everybody thinks, oh, okay, French oak comes over to the U.S., they build the barrels, and, you know, oak goes that way. Well, oak goes back the other way, too. So we have a big um, spirit um use, you know when we make spirits like uh, bourbon and whiskey and things here in the US we get a lot of uh, we use a lot of American oak for that with really heavy charring or toast um, and then uh, uh, a lot of those barrels then get gently toasted um, and get shipped back to uh, get shipped to, it, um, Italy. It's okay. Juggling around doing our social media shots at
1: the same time as, as we're talking uh, too much multitasking. So, so.
2: Off, off to Spain. And uh, so they put, the, they put the juice in there, the Tempranillo mm-hmm. mm-hmm. after it's fermented on the skins. They put it into these brand new American oak barrels. And if, if you're not familiar with American oak versus French oak, great conversation. French oak is um, finesse and kind of uh, surgical in its um, in its uh, ability to um, in, envelop the wine and integrate um, versus American oak, in my opinion, is kind of like a sledgehammer. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of it, and right. it comes quick, and it comes mm-hmm. on heavy. And uh, and it, it takes a while for that American oak to mellow out, mm-hmm. um, which is so
1: why it's not used nearly as much as French oak.
2: Right. Yeah. So um, if you haven't tried Spanish tempranillo, you should try it. It's very tannic. It's very big. It's very you know mouth drying, lip smacking. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. but it shows you that that American oak has so much body and character to it that and their tempranillos grown out there can really withstand it. And so as a nod to how it was made in rioja in spain i decided to use american oak in my mm-hmm. production of tempranillo as well okay. however neutral
1: <laughs> comes american. with a caveat the yeah. caveat is neutral okay
2: neutral. so and and i still think it in imparts oak even after it's seen 5 6 vintages of wine in there there's still uh, a tannic structure to this wine that I know some of it comes from the grape, but some of it too comes from those American barrels. And uh, so it's been really fun. Uh, so I find this uh, vineyard up in Calaveras County mm-hmm. and uh, it's right outside of Murphy's, right? It's, it's grown on a uh, limestone um, slab up there and it is super hot during the day. Right. And the
1: limestone gives it that heat and yep. maintains the heat.
2: Yeah. And then super, super cold at night, so that mm-hmm. diurnal shift is is really impressive. And that was one of the big things that I noticed uh, in the Rioja region was those hot, hot, hot days and then just super cold nights. Boom,
1: boom. Nice. And you re- you really get the tannic structure of this, but I have to say, um, this is why, one of the reasons I don't drink a lot of Napa Cabernets is the tannic structure. I don't know about you, Linda, but that, that's my thing is I... Uh, I'm not a huge tannin person. However... I'm not
0: either. I agree. I go for the blends. Right, the blends.
1: Mm-hmm. So one of the th- great things I love about Tempranillo and Carrion, which has even less tannin to begin with, is that this Tempranillo has this... Uh, it, first of all, has a beautiful, deep ruby color to it. Purple. Um, it's purple. It's purple. Yeah, it's purple. It's um, purple. And, and part of the, which is kind of classic for Tempranillo but also oh and patty's showing off it that it goes it goes with her hey, fingernails. fingernails wine women thing baltimore ravens baltimore ravens there you go the reason for the purple nails. <laughs> as we close out football season way to go patty she's stepping out the door thank you for being here patty we we really appreciate Call that you've been 49ers,
0: here and
3: bears
1: <laughs> patty you're you're off
3: Thank you. Jason, you are phenomenal. Rock star. Such an educator. Yeah. And uh, I'm most grateful. Can't wait to hear it on the radio. Yeah, it'll August, be great. where it's going to be again?
2: The
1: show? When oh, when is the end? show going to be? Uh, the show's going to be later here in January. It will be on radio uh, radiomisfits.com. Uh, You'll find it there. You'll find it on also on ksvy.org, the Sonoma radio station as well. So we'll get it out That's there. Fine. Going back to the uh, Tempranillo, big fruit, big fruit. Um, but it's a and it's a lot of black fruit. So I'm getting yeah. blackberry. I'm getting pomegranate. I'm getting uh, loads of currant. Um, I, I just love the complexity of all of this. You're getting some. Uh, I get I blueberry. It. I you know I'm with so Tempranillo, I get um, like dark blueberry. You know, and yeah. it, it's a secondary. Flavor in the overall profile of Tempranillo.
2: Yeah, I I I need to point out a a little thing here is um, you know when we get into these dark fruits in in typical winemaking, those dark fruits are typically uh, jams or jellies Mm -hmm. or reductions. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we're picking these grapes uh, at at physiological ripeness Mm -hmm. of the grape. We have really striking acid, and I'm sure your your yes. mouths are still watering like yeah. mine. I'm like drilling all over myself here, <laughs> um, uh, because of this balance. You know, those dark fruits that are present. It's not necessarily jammed and jellied and stewed no. dark fruits. It's fresh, right? And that's that acid picking up and and balancing this wine, and uh, and it's it's really intriguing to see the difference. You know, somebody else could make the same Tempranillo. And pick it two, three weeks later when it's, you know, has a lot more sugar and all, all you're going to taste is that same fruit, but jammed and jellied and right. stewed. <laughs> a, st- a stovetop version. Yeah. And I have to
1: say, I'd be really fascinated, Jason, to um, taste this uh, in another almost 10 years. So this is the 2016 Tempranillo. It's aging beautifully. It's fresh yeah um it's really fresh um in the fruit flavors it? oh yes the acid is there the tannin is there but to wonder what this 2016 will taste like in 2026 right be you really cool wait that
0: long.
1: well <laughs> right so we don't want to encourage anybody to have to wait because it's really do you great any, now do
0: you Have any older in stock
2: I believe I have some... A little library? I might have some 14 somewhere uh, and maybe some 12. I would love to
0: take this home to my husband. He would love it.
2: (laughs) Mm.
1: That's perfect. I mean, it's just... It's so well incorporated, and I can think of um, so many different dishes that I might do this with. You know, this is going to sound a little strange, but with uh, a salmon with a very rich sauce. Sure. Um, Salmon is one of those really... Um, versatile fishes, uh, depending on which way you want to go. True. You know, I would not do this with a salmon with a little lemon juice on it. That would that would not be uh, strong enough, right. um, you know, to pair it with the in terms of matching. Right, the Pinot Gris that we had earlier would be the way I'd go with a, mm. a you know, a lemon-juiced um, salmon on this. Uh, I can see doing this uh, with lamb, with duck, with a great stew. Um, Linda, cue over to you. What kind of pairings would you put well, together my husband with this?
0: Well, just cooked, just prepared the most delicious beef bourguignon the other night. Yum. This would mm. be... And he cooks it with a whole bottle of wine with it. Uh-huh. He does it with Heavenly. Oh, nice. <clears throat> the Julia Child. <laughs> <laughs> this, I just, this but the trick is, is finding
1: a wine that you don't mind giving up to cook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want well, to cook with this because it's buy, too good to consume. Have
0: to buy two bottles.
3: You buy
1: two bottles, one to go in, one to drink a with couple it.
0: Couple for the group to drink, and then one for the for the pot. Magic. <laughs>
1: Linda's very good at this. <laughs> so what? What a great combination. What do you like to pair with this, Jason?
2: Oh boy, um, I. You know, when I'm cooking with my kids, I, I pair it with a cheeseburger,
0: uh, <laughs> Fresh yes, off the grill. Sure. Yeah, yes, you know, I agree. Yeah.
2: Blue, oh. chi- blue cheeseburger yes. for, the, blue adults,
1: cheese. for yeah. the adults. For the adults, you can do the onions, American cheese, cheese for the kids.
2: Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, there's okay, definitely made, the adult version. That's another versions.
1: bottle, right there. <laughs> yeah. Keep adding. So yummy. Um, clearly, you could do this with kebabs um, and just about anything on the grill would be yeah. absolutely delicious um even even doing your bell peppers which go with your kebabs on the grill um this would make a great pairing with all of that uh so huge number of choices here for what you could do even easily a, a you know a filet mignon right um lots of choices on this and i want to also mention the tricky thing because we're we're closing in and getting ahead of Valentine's Day coming up oh. this is where a lot of people go you have to have cabernet with um a chocolate, uh, chocolate. Yes. You can completely mess that up. Oh, yes. And this, and all of that depends upon how dark your fruit is, how much tannins that mm-hmm. you have, uh, and if, whether or not, if you have stewy, if you have a stewy Cabernet, um, good, then dark chocolate, chocolate yes. um, is a clash because it's like, like, like. But you could easily do this with anywhere from 66 to 72% cacao mm. chocolate, dark chocolate. I think, um, but I, I would advise, you know, well, you know, put, put that chocolate with raspberries, put that chocolate over strawberries, um, mix it up and then add this with it. And you've just got a killer combination. So (laughs) this uncharted 2016 Calaveras Tempranillo is completely a great red wine to do with Valentine's and chocolate Yes, in a big way. I agree. (laughs) Did it. Yummy, yummy, yummy stuff. Jason, where do you you see Uncharted and Holman Cellars in another five years?
2: Oh, boy. That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously still here at Rebel. (laughs) Um, Well, you got this beautiful
1: tasting room, so of course.
2: Yeah, we love it down here. And? And, yeah, um, you know, we are actively pursuing some... Uh, vineyard uh, land up in Amador and mm-hmm. Calaveras areas. Um, the the hope and the dream is to get up there and, and be able to plant, you know, kind of a potpourri.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Preemptive applause there. <laughs> I love it.
2: A potpourri of different fun varietals that can be standalone, could be blended together, um, unique and unusual stuff that we're really going to have to search pretty hard for through the nurseries to try to get. Um but it'll be a you know that that'll be the next exciting thing is to have some estate right. of our own, yeah. To cool. Really play around. With. So
1: you so you have a desire, uh, a little angst there to control it from uh, grape to bottle.
2: Yes, yes, very I cool. do. All right,
1: <laughs> very cool stuff. We're almost out of time, Jason. So I want to make sure that we get in any other message that we haven't. So far, these have been the most delicious wines um, to taste over the uh, two episodes uh of wine women radio hour that we've done they're just absolutely the most delicious here finishing out with the 2016 tempranillo from uncharted and holman cellars what do you want to make sure folks know as they go out the door
2: um yeah if you're if you're interested in trying these wines um uh, and please join the club go to holmancellars.com Slash /club if you want to just join mine um otherwise rebelvintners.com there's a there's a link to join our club here and taste uh two other amazing brands which I I just want to make sure that uh, everybody knows uncharted is not the only brand here we right. also have um Tim Keith's uh brand Leaf and Vine and Kevin Cadle's brand Cadle Family uh wines mm-hmm. as well and so we all do very unique different varietals um i chose these two guys to partner with me here because we don't really overlap on any varietals so um cool if, yeah if my list isn't eclectic enough for you i have two other guys here who are doing you know more italian focused or more zen and petite focused and and we're we're kind of all over the board with varietals and very limited on Chardonnay and Cabernet. <laughs>
1: there you go. So, if you, so if listeners, you want to steer around the most popular, um, you know, if, if you are somebody who likes to take the road less traveled in Napa, this is the place for you. <laughs> and it's right in downtown Napa, wow. right here at First Street and Coombs. Uh, parking all around, beautiful tasting room with a lovely tasting bar, lots of trestle tables. So if you want to sit back and quaff with your friends, um, you can absolutely do that. You got kids, you can bring them because there's toys and games for your kids to play with here, as well as your pets. I think Linda said earlier, or Patty said earlier, uh, the low-shedding pets. (laughs) Oh, um, come on. (laughs) I have a black lab. Uh, That's a, well, uh, I don't know. Is that a low-shedding I don't know. I don't have a lab, so I have a dachshund. Doesn't matter. There you (laughs) go. Four-footed friends are welcome to try it out um, if they are good guests. I'm sure you have a good guest rule there, Jason. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So uh, what else do you want to leave them with before we go?
2: Uh, yeah, so corner of First and Coombs, you know, uh, um, is Rebel Vintners. And I did want to point out there, there are a lot of people that get a little wary of coming up and visiting Napa because of all the appointments necessary and, um, you know, how far it is to travel. From. So there's no appointment here. There's no appointment. We're open to Woo-hoo. the public, open seven days a week. We're open late. You know, it's one of those things that if you've been up tasting up valley and because that's the only time you could get an appointment up there but you're doing dinner at mimi nashi or <laughs> you know something like that and you're staying at the archer doesn't yeah. matter you like pop on in happy to have you uh we do flights uh, uh rotating daily wine flight every day and then in the evenings we do wines by the glass yeah. and uh come and hang out you know it, it looks like all the games are are for the kids I gotta be honest. The most use of those games are the adults. Adults, yeah, <laughs> yeah we love the Hungry, games. hungry hippos, cool. parchisi, Monopoly. All of these games are are heavily used by mostly cool. adults. <laughs>
1: all right, cool so, stuff.
2: Yeah, right. you know, be- we're beautiful space. We're um, as uh, my partners, Tim, Kevin, and I all like to say we're we're um, we're really fun loving guys. We like to have a lot of fun. <laughs> and 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 be easy and 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 kind of funny about things and life and everything we don't take life too seriously but what we do take Mm -hmm. really seriously is our wine and our winemaking you know this is our bread and butter we don't work for anybody else it's just us and um, so we love to really kind of focus seriously on the wine and we hope you come and hang out with us soon
1: cool thank you jason holman linda paulson Yes, co-host. Thank you for being here today. Thank
0: you for the pleasure. I really enjoyed being with you, Jason, and tasting all your beautiful wines. And I think the very first thing you said to me when I walked in was, we are grape in a bottle. And that's it. That's your tagline. That's it. You (laughs) are grape in a bottle. Yes. Fascinating, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> Isn't it you. been cool? Thank you, listeners. You may not know this, Linda. Uh, Linda visits a lot of tasting rooms. Um, her specialty is training tasting room personnel, actually, uh, as well as uh, winemakers and other uh, CEO types. Uh, anybody in that category uh, on public speaking and helping them. Um, get their message out a little bit more smoothly than than they might otherwise. It's, it's not always, you know, Jason, you're kind of a natural with public speaking, but a lot of people, including myself, have a hard time getting across in the fewest number of words what they want to say to listeners. So, um, Linda, thank you for doing what mm-hmm. you do Quite and serving pleasure. on the Wine Women board. So, yeah. great thing. And listeners... Of course, thanking you most more than anything else. Thank you for tuning in to Wine Women Radio Hour. Uh, upcoming episodes, we're going to be at ZAP at the end of January, uh, talking with the winemakers and particularly the viticulturists um, who are going to be on the panel at the seminar at ZAP, which is the Zinfandel Advocates and Producers. will be in uh, San Francisco for that. So I want to thank you for tuning in and uh, be sure to subscribe or comment on the page. If you really enjoyed the show, have a fantastic week, everyone.